0: Um, before we start, um, so I'll do we'll do a quick intro. I just wanted to check how you pronounce your last name,
1: Brass. Like yes. the metal.
0: <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
2: <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Slices, the Deep Dish Swift podcast.
0: Deep Dish Swift is a Swift developer conference baking in Chicago. It will be served up from April 30th to May 2nd. On this podcast, we're chatting with the organizers and speakers of the conference. We're Kaya Malin, and in this episode, we're joined by Zach Brass, who's an iOS developer, a mentor at Underdog Devs, and of course, a speaker at Deep Dish Swift. Hi, Zach. Hello. Hey. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. It is a beautiful Friday here in New York City. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank, thank you so, so much videos. for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much. I see some videos of, of New York. It seems like you already have spring coming along and it's, it's weather is getting nicer.
1: It, it's like teasing us. <laughs> um, so, so one day it'll be really, really nice out. Um, one day it'll be too hot out. And the next day it's, oh, shoot, you have to layer up. Um, but it's <laughs> trending toward nice.
0: <laughs> are you are you a person who like new york in the summer or are you the one of the person that thinks it's too sticky and on that um,
1: side? i i love northeast autumn northeast u.s autumn mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i'm i'm a person that very early removes layers so like i <laughs> i come with built-in insulation um so so around like 60 to 65 fahrenheit i don't know what that is in celsius um, but but that's my ideal temperature. Um, I'm also pretty new to New York. I, I moved in uh, late 2021, but I've I've lived in the Northeast U.S. my entire my entire life. Um, so I was born in Connecticut. Right. Um, I spent my adult life in Massachusetts up until moving here. So it's all similar similar sort of interval.
0: Yeah, yeah. You, you mentioned know. a bit that before. Uh, you, you sort of start to look for an apartment in New York now. Uh, yes, this before so you did some so, digital nomading in between. Yeah,
1: um, so back in uh, back in November, I was part of the Facebook layoffs, uh, and my mm-hmm. lease was up right after that. So I was like, you know what? I don't know where my next job's going to be. Um, hmm. So let's take advantage of that. And so I have been digital nomading uh, for a bit. So I was in Europe uh for a couple of weeks. Uh I went back to Massachusetts. Um I was in DC for a hot second. Uh Montreal. uh, Oh really? uh, Where where else? Minneapolis. I'm sure I'm forgetting something. But uh how did you like Montreal? Oh I love Montreal is my top three favorite cities to visit ever. Um, I have a bunch of friends there. One of my dance partners uh, lives in Montreal. Um, and it's one of those things where whenever there's like a big life event, mm-hmm. it just so happens that <laughs> whether it's good or bad, I take a trip to Montreal and see friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, great. Now,
2: yeah. now I'm curious. You said one of your top three. What are,
1: what are the other two? Oh, man. Um <laughs> I, I would be I would be remiss if I didn't say Boston. I uh-huh. I love 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 Boston. Um and there's I, I, I padded it just uh just to give a margin of error.
0: <laughs> That's good. Like I, I would struggle yeah. saying what my top one like number one city is, but if you yeah. put it in like the top three, uh it's it's a lot easier without What are excluding your top three? Them. That's a good question. Uh
2: in the world or in, in North America? No, Oh, let's go with world. Okay, so I would say for me, while Mullen is still thinking. uh, I'm taking notes, by the way. (laughs) I would say Amsterdam, I think Vancouver. I was unsure if Vancouver or Sydney, Australia. And that's where we're living, so a little bit biased. And the third one is San Diego. Hmm. Wow. (laughs) Why San Diego? (laughs) All of them for slightly different things. Amsterdam okay. is mostly because I really enjoy their their. I think Dutch people are system builders at heart. I think Amsterdam is okay. one of the most incredibly well planned cities I've ever been to. Like everything is synchronized. If if the tram, they have trams and street lights and pedestrian lights, right? Like like most yeah. places that that have those those mm. modes of transport. But in Amsterdam, if you're the the train is usually prioritized, the the, the tram is usually prioritized yeah, so, so because it, it transports they, the most yeah. amount of people. Um, yeah. But they, in their system, have a whole bunch of triggers to change some of the priorities. For example, if it rains, they start prioritizing pedestrians and bicycles because they're unprotected. Yeah. So the yeah. train yeah. is being deprioritized because at the, people... at the
0: red lights. Yeah, like at, if, at if, traffic, if, light. if, if traffic lights. At traffic lights,
2: yeah. Because in a train you stay dry and then let's say the train is ahead of schedule, then they also start to deprioritize the, the train or tram because now it actually it, it makes sense. Rather let pedestrians, cars and bicycles go because the, the tram wants to be mm-hmm. back on schedule. So the, artificially delaying it at a station doesn't make as much sense as just slowly getting it back on track by having mm-hmm. the entire system... Uh, slow down the tr- the, the mode of transport that you do want to get mm. back on its schedule. Mm. Those kind of things. I, I and there are a million like, stories it, about that. It in, seems in so. L- like
0: it, when you talk about it, it seems like yeah, that's such a clever way of doing it. Why would never one do that? But it's such a systematic approach to it. You really have to think about it.
1: Mm. I I want you to post like in the show notes <laughs> like a link to uh, <laughs> explain it, like a YouTube video where uh, where they, they couple, explain yes. this because this is fascinating to me. Yeah. It's yeah. really
0: cool, yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, and it's it's so many parts, right? In North America, most most <laughs> intersections are essentially on two faces. It's either north-south is going or east-west, and pedestrians and cars and all of them go at the same time. Well, in Amsterdam, every single light is on its own individual face mm-hmm. that figures out what's the best use case yeah. based on and all pedes- the other factors. For example, if no cars are turning right then maybe pedestrians can go straight. If there are no pedestrians, then maybe cars can turn right and straight mm-hmm. at the same time. A whole bunch of those kind of things. Yeah, uh, and they always amazing. try to
0: protect, like they protect pedestrians and cyclists as they go. They don't have, like in the US, how you can just turn right whenever you want to. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so dangerous for people who are yeah. not in a car, and yeah I like I like that yeah. yeah, so, so
2: then much. Vancouver, I think has a good combination of it 's a very dense city i mean you 're in New York <laughs> New York <laughs> yeah. is probably uh has that on on steroids, but it 's a very dense, very walkable city, very good bicycle infrastructure, and you can get it 's one of the few it 's probably a handful of cities in North America where you can get away without a car without not just getting away with it but also getting away with it and not missing a car mm-hmm. uh so I, I really like that in in vancouver san diego is more of a that sounds very bohemian but vibe thing i really like the (laughs)
1: it's like all
0: the sophisticated system we throw out it's just about the vibe
1: (laughs) urban planning urban planning Vibe, <laughs> yeah,
2: because I cannot give them a lot of credit on on the city planning, and <laughs> um, but it is a very oh, nice combination God. of it. It it's climate-wise, it's never really too hot. It's rarely ever too cold. So you have a very probably for me at least personally the best climate on the world is is what you have in San Diego. I I think San Diego has a nice combination of people being ambitious but also not. To the, people are still relaxed while still having ambition, which mm-hmm. I think is a really mm-hmm. cool. Like I do like New York, but it's very full on all the time. Well, oh I feel my like gosh. San Diego. There are <sighs> I... people that might be busy, but if you wait for someone in a coffee shop, no one gets pushy or 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 like people rather just not not everyone obviously, but there's a the tendency of rather like stand in the sun and enjoy the sunshine while waiting for your coffee because you know you can't. You can't influence everything in life, and sometimes you just have to wait for your coffee and that's okay.
1: Yeah, to me that's like, moving from Boston to New York, that mm-hmm. was a major, major differentiator. <laughs> um, like where I grew up in Connecticut was was not quite equidistant between the two cities, but it was definitely you got a little bit of the Boston yep. culture bleeding through and you got a little bit of the New York culture bleeding through and I'm like, you know what, It's, uh, it's the Northeast U S like, yes, New York is different from everywhere else. Um, but, but the sort of communication style Mm -hmm. and directness and Mm -hmm. and whatnot uh, is definitely going to be pretty similar to Boston. Mm Um, and, (laughs) and just the mentality of the like, go, go, go all the time, um, is, is unique in, in a way like I've never experienced a city that is like that
3: um, Mm -hmm.
1: outside of New York. Yeah um and there's many good things and many not so good things about that you know um
0: yeah uh, i think for me i would probably put the same the same list as kai but i would remove amsterdam although i love the city planning uh but i feel like i have not spent enough time to to get in amsterdam for it to make it top 3 it has hmm. a uh, definitely i think it has a, it's it's a close close fourth spot uh, but i'll swap it out for sydney yeah, Ooh. Australia.
1: I've never been to Australia. I, I have a couple of friends in Sydney. Uh, I would love to go. Yeah. It's just, it's so far away from where I'm living, right? Yeah. 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 How yeah. does, you know, $2,700 minimum sound <laughs> for yeah. for an economy flight? You yeah. know? Plus yeah. Hours and hours and hours and hours. You on probably have to do oh, at least man. two layovers, right? Yeah. I I'm not a person that is uh, that does well in a metal box for more than six hours. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. once I'm in a car for more than six hours, I start like gnawing on the steering wheel. Uh, you know, if I'm in the if I'm in a plane, I'm like, oh my god, I'm yeah. this is all. Yeah. I'll start pacing the aisles, and and the yeah. flight attendants are like, "Who the heck is this guy?" And what yeah. is he doing? Yeah. Like he's acting suspicious, um, and. I don't think I've had a train ride longer than six hours. I've had a bus mm. ride uh, last longer than six hours, just because mm. it was like New York to Boston traffic, like two oh, hours of yeah, traffic. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> I it was I wasn't a happy camper. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> longest I've the longest flight that I've taken was I think thirteen hours. Um, that was pretty brutal. Um, Where was that to? Um, it was. Um, it was. Ben-Gurion to JFK.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. yeah. From,
0: from where, sorry?
1: Oh, Ben-Gurion in uh, Tel Aviv.
0: Where's that? Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, 13 hours, that's rough.
2: How long did it take us from Vancouver to Sydney? Or from Sydney uh, to Vancouver? Sydney
0: to Vancouver is, I think, 14 hours. Yeah. yeah. I, I found that... I don't know. Once it's long, it's just long. Like you will be uncomfortable. <laughs> I yeah. just try to settle into that.
2: Monin is a lot stronger with that than I am. I, I feel like after about six seven hours, everything starts... You know, the air is so dries, so everything starts yeah. to age, and yep. you yeah. start to feel like your seat is actually shrinking on you. You're like, why is this getting smaller <laughs> yeah. and
1: smaller? And <laughs> people, yeah. next wait, how to you... tall are you? This is I'm a very six, very important. I'm question. six two okay you've got you've got you're a little bit taller than me I'm six one and I think yeah. like that's Woo. yeah <laughs>
2: yeah there's also some magic happening after six hours your seat neighbors are growing <laughs> magically <laughs>
0: uh, all the kids are getting louder yeah Oh my yeah,
2: God. yeah. 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 So, so i'm with you uh, oh much more than six hours it's very getting very very exhausting yeah oh,
0: but, man. Uh, my trick is like i i used to stress out from this like looking at the clock all the time i'm like Oh it's on the Oh no, 10 minutes. Don't do that that makes it <laughs> worse. So, so what I started doing now is like I just set myself a 1 or 2 hour timer so that like I won't look at the clock until my timer rings and then I know okay we're like 50% or like we're like 20% through the through the through the flights and then i know like we'll we getting there i don't have to look at the time and i don't stress out about it i just know that i can it will be fine now, nice anyways uh we've been talking a bit <laughs> lot about where you're from and what you've been yeah. where you've been um but we haven't really gotten into what you do um so what oh, yeah. do you do you...
1: oh boy that's a big question <laughs> um well uh, I I compete in pun competitions. I swing dance. I oh oh you mean like in my day job? Um, I am a career iOS developer. Um, I uh, I'm starting a, a new job at Zillow uh, mm-hmm. the week after Deep Dish Swift. I actually pushed my start date
0: so oh, well. that like my onboarding
1: activities would not like conflict with deep dish swift good call. and more importantly the stress of prepping a talk for yeah. a conference right <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. but yeah a career ios developer uh i started in college when the uh the sdk came out um mm-hmm. and in a stroke of incredibly good fortune i was like oh this is probably gonna be big i i had never <laughs> done uh, Object oriented programming. I'd never done C based languages. Um, <laughs> I had done like Q Basic and MATLAB, uh, <laughs> and not that much of it. And yeah. so there was a group so, of four of us that mm-hmm. was like, "Let's learn this." Um, and they they had all done uh, a bunch of uh, a bunch of coding uh, mm-hmm. of various types, way 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 before college. Did you did and you have I an like, iPhone yeah. at
0: that point when the SDK came up?
1: No, 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 no. We just used the simulator. <laughs> like the, the the summer after, um, my my mother gifted me an iPod Touch second nice. generation, and that was that was it. <laughs> you know, uh, Objective C was my first object oriented language, like pre arc Objective C.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, That's awesome. What yeah. was
1: the first app that you built? Uh, the first one that it it was a bucket list app that is so far out of the app store that it's not even relevant anymore (laughs) but it was uh like that that first summer uh afterwards i just was tinkering around tinkering around um and uh i finally created an app to to help teach myself core data Um, and i built a bucket list app um and the first let's see yeah, that was that was the first app that I, I worked on, um, and to this day, the only thing in the App Store that was ever under my name <laughs> <laughs> huh. uh, was being a digital nomad. In any of your bucket lists? No. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, uh, it was it was something that just occurred to me. I was like, you know what? There's there's no reason. There's no time. Uh, <laughs> that I'll have with this amount of freedom, like yeah. for a, no. for the foreseeable future. No. Um, I'm an extrovert by nature, and so I actually prefer traveling with people. So mm-hmm. traveling alone was uh, uh, was much much more challenging than it is for most people. Because I'm like, let's do it with people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I did go and visit people, like go to yeah. visit people, but mm. yeah, mm. Uh, no digital nomading was not.
2: was it what now now when you say that it was actually a little bit of a challenge to travel by yourself was it uh as hard as you expected beforehand or
1: or was it actually Um, different from what you had it was different it was it was very very different um it's the absolute freedom and actually i think uh as as indie devs um, (laughs) it's 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 a lot of the similar challenges right where you know what? You're your you're your own boss, right? <laughs> you have 8 hours of like "quote unquote work day to yeah. figure out how the heck you're going to structure an entirety of unstructured time.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know? <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, there is. There's always something having option A or option B. Makes it a lot easier to make a decision than if you have so much
1: easier, right? <laughs>
2: it's yeah, like there's that. an infinite of you know, uh, you could do anything from working on on option A, working on option B, but there's also all the other letters that you could do, or you could not work oh. and do something completely different, or record a yeah. podcast, or <laughs> you know, oh go no, to like, let's be clear, I meetup. wanted
1: to do this absolutely, <laughs> but like maybe you don't have to rewatch Ted Lasso for the like fourth time. <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> um,
0: so then you started uh in the pre-arc days with objective c uh, how did yes. you find a adaptation and moving over to swift and i guess eventually swift ui if you're on that train
1: um oh so i didn't start writing production swift until swift's two point i want to say 2.3 um, mm-hmm. I, I was at the Dub Dub. The only Dub Dub that that I've ever been to uh, was WWDC 2014 when they introduced mm-hmm. it. Yeah, oh, that's a good um, year. Yeah. And oh my gosh, that was <laughs> that was wild. Um, I was already very very excited because oh my gosh, mm-hmm. Dub Dub, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, the reaction in the room was—I don't think I've ever seen developers have like a stronger reaction. Like everyone. <laughs> audibly, collectively gasped, like, oh, and then they were like, oh. um, but but that first that first, like infant Swift 1.0 mm-hmm. definitely was not ready for production. You know, it would, <laughs> it would make the binary bigger. You know, um, there were certain things that didn't work super well, and it was basically um, just some different syntax on top of Objective-C libraries. Um, and, and the, the sort of advantages of it were, were much, much fewer. And nowadays, like Mm -hmm. there's almost no reason to start a new project in (laughs) Objective-C. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, for us, it was
0: uh, the introduction of Swift really felt like a good place for us to start getting into Mm -hmm. iOS development because it really felt like sort of like a new, new starting point. Uh, Yeah. Kai and I were still learning the night we were in Australia at the time. So for us, it was the night when Swift came out. Uh, we just jumped on wow. it directly. And it was pretty cool that we could be <laughs> sort of in the top uh, percentage of people knowing the most Swift <laughs> in like... <laughs>
1: Yeah. a month
0: because most people wouldn't adapt it that early and yeah. I do think that it, I learned it, it's learned. Objective- fun C- I started learning
2: point. Objective-C two weeks before the Swift announcement mm-hmm. I was like alright <laughs> throw all of that out I'll, I'll go all in on this new thing
0: yeah well, as I, I learned I started with Swift UI uh, sorry with Swift <laughs> and then I got my first job probably like three months after and that was all an Objective-C code base yeah. and I was like I felt like a new stuff that the rest of the team didn't know but they had no use at all in that code base <laughs> yeah
1: yeah. I, I think the number of roles that I've had that have had zero Objective C, um, I think there's maybe only one role. Oh, well. Oh, well like um yeah, there's there's one company I'm thinking of that I'm like, forget whether they had objective C. I think not, but mm. I could be mm. wrong. But yeah, I'm I can assuming imagine. that this yeah.
0: Yeah, this I can imagine the role
1: at Zillow. mm
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, it still has been around for a while, so it could be some Objective C in there. But I do think <laughs> what I see often is like when, when we have a new project. Uh, every t- every place I worked at, if it's a completely new code base, there's really no reason to go with Objective C. But I can imagine if you if you do adapt like adopt the older code base, then you probably still yeah. need some Objective C. But did yeah. you find like when you saw that announcement originally and you were in the room? Did you feel, did did people seem to be positive overall like talking at people to people at the conference did people see yeah
1: oh absolutely um uh, there were i would say half the attendees just went back to their hotel room and just (laughs) binged (laughs) that new like Mm -hmm. apple book um Mm -hmm. on the the other people just went to party (laughs)
2: I forgot uh, about that they released a book alongside oh,
0: the announcement. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was pretty cool. Was pretty cool. Ah. Um, and do you write in the SwiftUI now?
1: Um, one of the things that I have been trying to do uh, over, over this digital nomad sea, whatever, <laughs> digital nomad period, nomadicness, <laughs> whatever we want to call it, the time since after I got laid off, um, I, I've been trying to... Uh, I've been trying to learn uh, Swift UI um, mm-hmm. and it's actually been um, even more important that I learn Swift UI because of the talk that uh, that I'm giving at mm. Deep mm-hmm. Dish um, on domain specific languages because Swift UI is the canonical example of a domain specific mm-hmm. language in mm-hmm. Swift. So really got to get on this um rather my my talk is not just on domain specific languages in swift it's actually on a specific domain specific language written in swift (laughs) called DeckUI, which Mm -hmm. josh holtz the organizer of the conference wrote
0: (laughs) oh that's that's really cool um yeah i think it's funny that like i said it's not just domain specific it's like domain specific on domain specific yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) um yeah, uh, how how do you how do you feel now then about your talk? And do you feel I don't know we're jumping a bit ahead um, from our other questions, but I'm curious. Yeah, no, it's all good. Going?
1: Um it's going all right. Um, so I'm giving this talk. so for for those that have not heard of, of DEC UI, uh Deck UI is a is a is a framework for not you know using a WYSIWYG editor like PowerPoint or Keynote for using uh, for creating your slide decks but actually coding your slide decks in Swift mm-hmm. um, and so i think it would be um, it would defeat the purpose of, <laughs> of the material if i didn't give this talk you on deck ui using deck ui yeah. um, and uh, my my talk is currently on hold because i like the progress on it mm-hmm. uh, is on hold because uh i introduced two bugs in UI <laughs> with my with my latest contributions um i added a presenter notes view and markdown support mm-hmm. um and i realized in adding markdown support um i i royally messed up multi-line strings uh, in deck UI, which I'm glad Josh didn't put like, uh, an actual like release behind it. So yeah. like sometime this weekend, I have to, I have to fix that and then go back to working on my talk. Um, but, uh, I, I, I released, uh, I, I, I put up some PRs and there were some bugs. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what's going to happen with something yeah. that's, you know, brand new and also, yeah. you know, open source and, you know, yeah. And just software in general, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that reminds me <laughs> of the early days when we built uh,
2: our app, Orbit, uh, time tracking invoicing app. And yeah. like in the early days, Mondan asked me, "Hey Kai, can you just uh, quickly send a uh, invoice?" I was like, "Oh right, sure." And then four hours later, Mondan turned around and asked, "What are you working on?" It's like I'm still sending the invoice. <laughs> like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, I found this yeah. really obscure weird bug that I've now spent three hours chasing and one hour fixing. <laughs> it's like every invoice took me half a day because I every time you use something, you find something you don't like, and if you yeah, have a well, chance absolutely. to fix
1: it, yeah. it needs to be fixed immediately. <laughs> And honestly, I think that's what I'm gonna that that's probably what I'm gonna talk about at least in part in my talk, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In terms of what we're looking for, you know, yeah. and uh, encouraging people to contribute and and using it as sort of a um uh, a a sort of low barrier to entry, like yeah, into mm-hmm. open source stuff, right? Yeah,
2: that's yeah, very cool. Yeah. And also means you can put your slides into you know source control, right? if they're yeah. all in code. That's true. Oh my really
0: gosh, cool. yes. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so in addition to developing, you're also mentoring developers through underdog devs, right? Yeah. How did you, um, how did you get into so that? So I
1: started mentoring through uh, through underdog devs like uh, a, less than a year into the pandemic. I found out about this mm. through, uh, through Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I... Uh, I, I would Rick and Rick was like, oh, absolutely. We're, we're looking for, for mentors. Um, and, and that's like the rest is history. Um, (laughs) uh, underdog devs. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably an iOS developer. (laughs) You're probably on Twitter and you probably know about underdog devs, but I'll still give the pitch. Underdog devs is an organization that helps. Uh, Formerly incarcerated and uh, economically disadvantaged people uh, break into tech, and they are always looking for mentors and mentees. Speaking of mentees, if you're listening to this and you are looking for a junior iOS developer, I have an absolutely fantastic (laughs) person to uh, refer to you. Uh, DM me on Twitter. (laughs) I'm at chbrass. (laughs)
2: Yeah. <laughs> we'll add the link in the show notes as well to make it Definitely. easy yeah, for absolutely. people to reach out to you.
1: Um, it's it's like the absolute best work that I've done in my career. Like shipping stuff for for Facebook that like a third of the human race is going to see. Whatever. Like <laughs> <laughs> I, like cool. I, I I get a lot more satisfaction out of seeing people grow
0: mm-hmm. than
1: like shipping some pixels don't get me wrong (laughs) I enjoy shipping some pixels but like seeing someone's life actually change is is really really satisfying and not like in the oh my god cheesy way like I when my first mentee got her first job I literally had to like tell my manager at the time that I was I had to take the day off work because I was just like running around the block screaming (laughs) i was so excited
0: (laughs) Oh, that, that's, that's really, awesome, yeah. yeah. And I feel like it Her is very different. My name is Wilma. Different. Shout out
1: to Wilma. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is so different when you really have like a direct impact on a person. And I think it is, it's is—it's cool how, like as a software developer, you can, you can work on so many different levels and you can really influence things on different levels. But I think working directly with people, helping the community and just growing the community of iOS developers in general, I think, is... Yeah, it's very rewarding to actually see support, see people being supported, but also them going on and then helping other people. I think that is really cool as well.
1: Hundred percent, hundred percent. Like I, I never thought like if you had asked college grad Zach, um, do you like teaching? Are you interested in teaching or mentoring? (laughs) I'd be like, no, 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 that's too much pressure. (laughs) You know. Um, Now I've been a like. I've been a mentor for years, and I've been a dance teacher for years. Yeah, uh, like I teach <laughs> dance in my spare time.
0: <laughs> I, I did want to get into that because I think it's hard yeah. that your bio for three sixty IDEM mentioned that you, and I think maybe your Twitter bio, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, oh yeah, uh, how serious it was. But you're actually yeah,
1: like no, one hundred percent serious. Does... I have been uh, a dancer as about as long as I've been uh, doing iOS professionally. So All like right. the uh dancing since the pre <laughs> pre arc days. <laughs> yeah, I mean like learning objective C I've been doing I I did that a few years before like my first yeah. iOS dev job/internship, but hmm. uh like around the same time like 2011 got my first internship and went to my first dance event. <laughs> <laughs> how,
0: how did you uh get into that? Was it just you thought it would be totally, fun. You want to try something new? Or?
1: Totally random. I like. I wandered into a dorm lounge in college, mm-hmm. uh, and they were they were swing dancing, and I was like, "Oh, that was, that's probably gonna, this probably gonna be fun." Um, <laughs> and then I went to my first weekend long dance event, and I think I clocked in about forty hours over like, over like three or four days oh, wow. of like <laughs> classes. Uh, and social dancing um, and and like watching uh, competitions and choreography mm-hmm. um, i I think um, I think I danced to like three four am several nights a week for that weekend That's, yeah. That's um, and really at the helpful. end of that weekend I was like, well, shoot there goes my free time <laughs> um, and and to be honest like existing as a dancer in the dance community has has taught me a lot about, or has has had a lot of skills that have applied to mentoring software engineering mm-hmm. or just mm-hmm. existing in uh, in the software engineering world. Mm-hmm. Um, which now that I've said that, I'm totally blanking on any sort of parallels. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> but. <laughs> That, that, um, that's always how it goes you're like i you know, we good point I, we're, to we're make <laughs> edit a recording and i'm gonna be like forgot to talk about that <laughs> you won't believe how often it is when because i listen to those recordings after when i'm editing them and i listen to myself tr- scr- scrambling trying to get to a point it's like you dummy <laughs> it's obviously this why couldn't you think of this <laughs> while yep. you were recording it
1: yeah
0: uh, oh, that's, uh, um so now and now you're actually teaching other people dancing as well
1: yeah, believe it or not, the night before Deep Dish Swift, I'm mm-hmm. actually teaching a dance class, a drop-in <laughs> beginner dance class in Chicago. Oh, yeah. really? <laughs> yeah.
0: Was that planned before before um, the conference? or
1: I, It wasn't planned before the conference, but uh, I did ping some of my Chicago friends. Yeah. Um, mm. And one person was like, do you want to teach the beginner lesson uh, <laughs> on the, uh, was it the 29th? Yeah, the 29th. And I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> um, I'm going to be in town, right? Absolutely, I love teaching. Yeah. Let's That's do like, it. So, how,
2: how does a beginner lesson look? What does it? What does it look like?
1: Um, well, uh, it's a bunch of um, incredibly confused, potentially scared, uh, very nervous people um, <laughs> in a crowd. And I'm like, hi everyone. I'm Zach, and this is my dance partner, teaching partner, person X, Y, Z. Actually, this one I'm teaching alone, but. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, we go over like very quickly, what is the background of the dance? Um, Mm -hmm. we do a warm up. Um, we, we talk about like the fundamentals of like how you, how you move your body, the sort of aesthetic. Um, then we, uh, we do some basics, then we partner up. Um, generally you don't bring your own partner. Um, you, you know, you get split into leads and follows and then you, uh, Mm -hmm. you're rotated around so Mm -hmm. that you sort of, uh, get experience dancing with different types of people. Um, usually, if there's a beginner drop-in lesson, there is always like a social dance afterwards. Um, you know, you dance a song, you say thank you, and then you go find someone else and you ask someone to dance, and then you say thank you, and you know, etc., etc., etc. And uh, yeah,
2: that's it's, fascinating. Uh,
1: it's it's a lot of fun. Um, I love watching people. Um, move in ways that they didn't realize that they'd be able to do at the end of an hour. (laughs) You know? How long is
2: a beginner lesson? Is it an hour? Yeah, about an hour. How do you deal with... I assume that people have coming with quite a different... quite a broad range of, like, pre-existing skills. Yeah. How do do you deal with that when some people are...
1: Um, Yeah. Oh, man. Um, It is very different... Sort of tweaking someone that is just fresh off the street, never danced before versus someone that's say like a salsa dancer or mm-hmm. is a ballroom mm-hmm. dancer um or like if someone comes from hip hop, there's actually like much much easier to uh to, yeah, um, to sort of have them get like mm. swing dancing and yeah. blues dancing because it's sort of like a an ant two common ancestors of hip hop um oh, but
3: that's
1: yeah. Um, generally you sort of, you talk to the whole class, but once everyone's just sort of, you put on music and you're like, all right, cool. Like, let's dance it out. Um, you know, you'll, you'll go around to individual people Mm -hmm. and you're like, you're killing it, but tweak this one thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and people have questions. It's the type of dancing that I do, um, is, is not the like super, super mean, uh, instructor yelling at a a floor full of people for an hour right like it's a social dance the Mm. objective is to have fun right um and like enjoy yourself
2: i gotta say you didn't you did not strike me as someone who would be a
0: A mean dance instructor a mean dance
1: instructor (laughs) yeah The only time I'm mean is when I'm yelling at people to believe in themselves, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, or or respect someone else's like personal boundaries. Yeah,
2: (laughs) I
0: like that. So, what does your day to day look like? That do you do you do the dance teaching in the evenings, or do do you Um, still have full time?
1: It was a lot more regular when I lived in Boston. Like Mm. there were all right, like. This is the night of the week that I uh, I go to this venue. This is the night of the week that I go to this venue. But in New York, it, it varies so much um, because there's so many different one-off things um, that are both dance-related and not dance-related, right? Like mm-hmm. I uh, I moved to New York, and I want to get, like, the tasting menu of the city. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I compete mm-hmm. in pun competitions. Oh, um, is that true? Uh, yeah, no, that's <laughs> actually true. <laughs> I am um, not sure if you were going into your no, two no, that's and the life. No, that is that is full <laughs> on like... That was the my favorite night of my first year in New York. I competed in a pun competition. And the audience reaction, the audience sort of participation and the vibe uh-huh. was unlike anything I'd ever seen before. <laughs> uh, I think I might have been on stage for a grand total of like four minutes. Um, but just... Uh, an, an entire audience of people that like want you to succeed yeah. and mm-hmm. will um, normally when you tell a pun, you're like, All right, cool. Uh, that's all right. That was good. And then you move on. Having an entire audience of people like <laughs> applaud is is beautiful.
0: It sounds like such a New York thing that you, I don't think you will find. I don't know if is this is, is this a thing. Can you find this in many oh, cities? Oh,
1: I'm going to the world championships in oh, Austin, oh, Texas. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Like I didn't earn it; I just won a lottery to compete. <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs>
0: ah, I love that. So, uh, how are you? How do you get judged? Is it like the um, most laughs or?
1: Yeah, so uh, the one in New York is judged by what's called the human clapometer. Uh, and if you do live <laughs> in New York and you're listening to this, do a do a Google search for Punderdome. Um It is fantastic. Um, they, they have this very kitschy thing called the human clapometer. They take an audience member and they blindfold them and they give them this like wooden apparatus with like a little dial that doesn't really mean anything. It's, it's really like they, they point to random people, um, yeah. and okay. they, they score them one to 10 and then like, if they want to use the little dial, they can, but it's mostly just, they get a microphone in their face and they're like, all right, what was that? And the person will be like. It was a nine point five. Yeah, <laughs> you know. How do you prepare
2: for 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 the competition?
1: Um, annoying a lot of people. <laughs> you annoy a lot of people. <laughs>
0: huh? No, that, that, that's real funny. I had no idea. That's a thing.
2: I did like stand-up
1: comedy type clubs that
2: do pun nights. Is that a thing?
0: Um,
1: I you know it, it varies. This is sort of the venue of this is like a, a a general like event space they do have mm-hmm. comedy they do have like variety shows um i i would i would call it an event space that tends toward the funny <laughs> um but uh people come from everywhere like i'm not the only software engineer i'm not the only person that uh, got uh got (laughs) let go from facebook that (laughs) competes um you know there are there are writers there are uh you know doctors um there's one person that is uh uh, a dating ghost writer like that's fascinating she'll be you on dating apps.
0: (laughs) fascinating all right good luck in the competition
1: yeah Fingers That's... crossed. <laughs> when, when did you say it is? Uh, it's like two weeks after Deep Dish. Okay.
2: <laughs> Man, you have a, a busy couple of weeks there. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really screwed myself. I can't
2: relax until like mid-May. Yeah. yeah. New um, job, Deep Dish, and and the
1: World Championship of puns. But, yeah. yeah. And
0: then there's WWDC after that. Are you planning on going?
1: <gasps> Oh man, I I've been traveling so much that I, uh, I even if I did get a ticket, actually, if I got a ticket, I probably would have gone, but uh, <laughs> I didn't get a ticket. Um, but I will be watching very very closely. I feel like Dub Dub is a nice relaxing time, right? You know, you talk <laughs> to your agree. you talk to your manager, um, and you're like, hey, just so you know, this is like Apple Developer Christmas. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm just going to need to like. Lighten my workload a little bit, but mm. in exchange, I'll put together like a, a full report on all the stuff that <laughs> may or may not be relevant to, you know, the company yeah. that I'm working on, yeah, yeah. Or the 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 app that I'm working on, the company yep. I'm working for, you
3: yep. know,
1: yep. um, and that's worked in the past,
2: yeah,
1: you know, yeah,
2: yeah, we we will we will be there, but I still feel like oh, it's kind of that's awesome. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I'm I mean, really looking forward to. It's really really fun. Um, but I still feel like it, it's kind of nice because you see a whole bunch of new things. A lot of those, you, you pro- some of them you hoped for, some of them you didn't even imagine what happened, right? So there's going to be so many new things. Everyone's going to be super excited, and yeah. you know that you even if if you want to play with them, there's no immediate deadline, right? Even if mm-hmm. you want to be there on day one, you have it until September. It's kind of nice. I feel like. It's usually, at least for us, where we on our own schedule working on our own things, it's a really nice kind of area where you, where you get enough time to play with it, you have all the mm-hmm. excitement, and then you actually get to build something with the new things. Uh, yeah. I really, uh, I, it's yeah. my favorite part
1: of the year. Oh, my God. It's it's, <laughs> it's the best.
0: Um, so, we were talking about Chicago. Um, it sounds like you've been before, been to oh, Chicago yeah. before. Yeah. Um have you had have you had Deep Dish Pizza?
1: I have had Deep Dish Pizza. Um, and uh oh The controversial question there. This is, where, there. This is where Josh is going to be like, I'm disowning you. <laughs> I grew up in uh right outside of New Haven, Connecticut, and mm-hmm. I think that New Haven, Connecticut has the best pizza in the <laughs> US.
0: I gotta look this up.
1: Yeah. Um it is um I, I want to say it's Neapolitan-style pizza, um, but New Haven Pizza is so good that there is actually a New Haven-style pizza restaurant in Chicago oh. that I might actually go to. Um, I like deep dish pizza. I live in New York, or I'm, I'm sort of moving back to New York uh, permanently slash full-time. Um, I think that diplomatically... Chicago deep dish pizza is a different food than New York pizza, right? Yeah. Like I, I think that deep dish pizza is casserole. That's not to say it's better or worse. It's just different, right? It's sort of like, um, uh, like koala bears aren't bears, right? They're marsupials. Yeah. 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 Right? No. yeah. Or, or like. Um oh like Panthers do not belong to the genus Panthera oh, or something like that. Okay. You know? Yeah. They're, they're like a, a, a cousin of that genus or yeah. something yeah. like that. Um and it's not a judgment call, it's a it's a question of like taxonomy. You know? <laughs> um oh and if I hadn't said it before, deep dish is very tasty. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at New Haven
2: style a pizza pizza a pizza yeah
0: <laughs> yeah um all right um i think we are over to our rapid rapid fire questions so let's do right. it i'm curious okay. what's your favorite ios app
1: oh my favorite ios app right now is uh black box it is oh, nice. an incredibly yeah. infuriating game <laughs> but as an ios developer you really appreciate Yep. All of the different ways that they've <laughs> incorporated parts of the SDK or, like, features of the phone as challenges,
3: yep. mm-hmm.
1: you know, without with without using words or, like, too many words. I think there's, like, four, like, relevant words in the entire game, right? It yep. mostly just uses visual stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. really cool.
1: Yeah, um, really I have cool.
0: a, I have actually not played this game. I know when many people talk about it. I installed it, but I just haven't gotten to it. If
1: you do play, put a case on your phone because it will make you want to throw it. <laughs> <laughs> it is infuriating. And when you get it, you're like, oh <laughs> man. It was that simple. <laughs> Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. I would have never gotten that. That's so <laughs> <Yeah>. random. <laughs> it is definitely. I do think there's it sometimes help
2: for some of them it helps you if you're a developer and you know of some of the APIs that are possible to be used. Mm-hmm. And sometimes yep. it hurts you because you think it will will be used in one way and it will be used in a completely different way. Yep. I, I can't wait. I I hope Apple releases the headset this year and I, I hope that we oh. all see black box on the headset. I think there could be A lot of frustration and fun to be had.
1: I'm, I'm, I I wish that Apple. I'm sorry. I hope that Apple takes its time and doesn't release it until it's ready. Yep. Right? Because it's instantly going to get compared to every other VR headset Mm -hmm. out there, and um, it's going to have the sort of if it's not like super super ready or like super super impressive, it's going to sort of have the the cultural. Punching bag that Apple Maps had when it first came out, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, when Apple Maps is fantastic, yeah. it I is, almost yeah. never use Google Maps, um, but it's just the first version of it, mm-hmm. it. It was an unfair comparison to the like years and years and years mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. hardened um, performance of Google Maps, and it's had to play catch up at a at a rapid rapid rate, and I think it's done it. Um, mm-hmm. But I just I, I just hope that apple when they do slash if they do enter the the vr or ar space um they come in stronger than they did with uh with mm-hmm. apple maps um just for <laughs> cultural reasons yeah
0: yeah no i i do agree i think um but also i felt a bit of a limitation with the apple watch i think the apple the first apple watch <laughs> Was really good yeah. when you used the first party apps, but I think all of the third party apps are very slow because of the limitations and how yeah. you how you would build them. And yeah. I think that gave them a bit of a bad rap and uh, it could have been beneficial to do the same take the same approach as they did with the iPhone where the SDK is not available for third party developers oh. until the second version. Um I don't know if it's I don't know if the same approach would be applicable to the headset, but I do hope that they yeah. rather maybe limit the scope or limit the the way that you're, the type of apps that you can have
1: yeah. to
0: make them really solid and give people a good experience because I do think people were a bit turned off from third-party watch apps because they just felt sluggish in the beginning. And
2: then the SDKs have changed very significantly multiple mm. times, right? So yeah. if you put your effort yeah. in, all of a sudden you're like, "Go!" Cool, and now I've got to rebuild it in a, diff- a slightly different way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But great pick. I, I really I really like MacBooks.
0: What but about yeah. your Mac uh, app? The favorite favorite
1: Mac app of all time. Oof. <laughs> this is going to be a throwback. Okay. Right.
3: I'm ready running. for
1: it. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. <laughs> I played the Let's ever-loving kick. crap out of that when <laughs> I was...
0: Yeah. We were just talking, I was about talking about yesterday.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, there, was, there were three versions... Uh, there were three Tony Hawk Pro Skater games that um, Aspire had the rights to port to Mac. Mm-hmm. And it was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, 3, and 4. And that was like, that was my game. Like, <laughs> four, 2 was great, 4 was great, 3, unbelievable. Um, <laughs> like, I know this is a cop-out, and I'm doing like, an old game that no, I like it. It. is I, only is... compatible with like the Power <laughs> PC version of like <laughs> Mac OS, like OS 10.2 to 10.4, and then 10.5 did okay supporting it. Yeah, um, but
2: yeah, yeah, no, this is this is great. I, I, in general, the Mac has been through so many eras of game support, yeah. you know, like a lot of people don't know, but Halo was out for for macOS, which is kind of crazy yeah. now, right? Yeah.
1: Until, yeah. Um, it was going to be like the killer game for Mac until mm-hmm. uh, Microsoft bought Bungie. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Um, and now I mean, good on Imagine. Microsoft for, for knowing like, <laughs> yeah. knowing a good thing. But um, I wonder but yeah.
0: if macOS would just have been a different, more attractive gaming platform right? if, if they would have released on Mac.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think uh, as, as a whole, though. Um, I, I really miss the sort of visual craft of older apps. I really mm-hmm. think like the, the pre, uh, pre-iOS 7 aesthetic of iOS mm-hmm. is really like, that has a very special place in my heart, <laughs> um, you know, where it was very easy for apps to look like iOS apps, but also sort of look, like, retain their own visual identity. Personality, yeah. You know, yeah. you could flash uh, an app for a fraction of a second and be like, oh, that's definitely an iOS app, mm-hmm. but also that's definitely Notes or something mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, now it's, just like, generic table view, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I think, like, Mac apps have done similar, like, not, not to the same extent, but... Um, but I miss the textures. I miss the, <laughs> yeah. the like blatant textures. People like to hate on the like Game Center felt. I <laughs> thought that was great. Yeah. I thought that was pretty and fun. Yeah. You know? And uh, it was also kind of...
2: <laughs> not going too much into nostal- nostalgia. But it's also... When, when the iPhone 4 came out and we got those super high uh, resolution displays, I feel like yeah. that era of design did shine so much more because you could see yeah. all the the love <laughs> and, and craft put into every pixel on the screen, right? And it was looking yeah. so crisp and so much more authentic. And then we went to no more. <laughs> yeah. No more textures. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Tony Pro Skater 3, I like that. Mm. It's, a, it's very out of the box of a pick, but I, I, I like it a lot. Yeah. And also
1: great soundtrack. Oh,
2: yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Unbelievable. Mm. <laughs>
0: Uh, speaking of nostalgia, uh, what's your favorite iPhone ever made?
1: Well, uh, I knew this question was coming, and Kai uh, kind of kind of kind of gave my answer. I think it's a tie between the in, the the initial iPhone um, mm-hmm. and the four yeah. um, initial iPhone, because like the first time you use an iPhone was just like mind-blowingly incredible right like i used like oh i used mobile internet on like a palm pilot or like (laughs) i had a nokia n810 with like Mimo os that like (laughs) had the shrunken web that like kind of worked kind of didn't whatever Mm -hmm. first time i used an iphone like i i my first iphone was the four the verizon four Mm. um and uh or actually my first iOS device was the was the iPod touch 2nd generation mm-hmm. but the first iPhone iPhone was the was the 4 and you're absolutely right that retina display with those pre iOS mm-hmm. 7 yep. uh, textures just allowed it to be even more art
0: mm-hmm. yeah yep yeah. that's a uh, I, I i love the iPhone 4 as well oh that 4 and 4s that whole series was Ooh, such yeah. a nice form factor mm-hmm. Yeah, I
2: I did actually have pretty severe. You remember the antenna gate? Uh, oh situation? my god, I, that was
1: blown out of proportion. <laughs> that was blown out of proportion.
2: That said, I I did get my free bumper. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now
1: everyone has a case except for me. Nope, yeah, I'm also totally totally naked iPhone. Yeah, same. same. I think all three yeah. of us.
0: Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, it was you funny got the purple one. Yeah. <laughs> we watched um an MKBHD video yesterday where he unboxed he had one auction for the first uh, for the first iPhone. I think he paid oh. 40,000. Um Oh my god. And he unboxed it and uh, I did not remember this but it came with a dock where you could actually put the phone in and charge it directly in the dock. And oh, it yeah. was so perfectly fitting, the phone. So there was no way, like they never accounted for you to have a case on there because it, was, yeah. it, it would not fit in the dock. And it's interesting Wait, now. Did
1: it come with the dock or did it come with an attachment for the old iPod dock?
0: No, no, I think it was, a, a, it was it dock the dock
1: itself. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Because I remember, like, they had the, like, yeah. very, very yeah. big iPod dock mm. with the 15-pin. Mm-hmm. Was it 15 or 30-pin? 30-pin. It's been so long. 30-pin. <laughs> thank you. Um, and then for each iPod that got released, yeah. they would have, yeah. like, a yeah. little attached oh, plastic. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Oh, my no, gosh. Was... It came with the whole dock. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I still have a bag of an original iPhone because I was there on release day. Um I, I worked uh, in high school for this guy named David Pogue, who is the New York Times tech oh, columnist that and Pogue. like yeah, cool. 8,000 other things like yeah. to call him the New York Times tech columnist is like <laughs> undercutting <laughs> everything else that he's ever done uh, in, in his life. Um, but, uh, he was, uh, he was working on a piece on the new iPhone and he did, He wrote a song about it. And so we went down there to like film some stuff. I would film and edit his videos. um, Oh, no way. I saw that. That video. Yeah. Yeah. You've probably seen my face. Um, (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. um, And I like there was a line, you know, four times around the block. But I did manage to snag the bag that (laughs) came with that that the iPhone (laughs) came in. And I still have it. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Wonder if that's worth anything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if anyone listening one thing a bag, the auction, <laughs> auction has started. Yeah. Um, so I think one question I didn't send you, which we do like to ask people on the spot, is what would you guess? How many apps do you think you have installed on your phone?
1: Oh gosh, I'm going to go with 172. All right. Can we go check right now? Let's yeah, see. Yeah. Do it. A look. 172. Okay. Let's settings, see. General about settings. And then, General about and then applications. Then be
0: applications.
1: Two hundred and seventy. Uh, it's two hundred and
0: twenty-seven. Okay. okay, that's All not right. bad. Oh, that's I I
1: was very close. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna call that one a point for me. Yeah, yeah that that is a
2: win. Yeah. <laughs> The, um, the good thing is, Mullen was so off in hers that she can make everyone feel good, even if, if they think they were very... Mullen modern, modern guessed 80, I, I she com- had 800.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I confirmed. I had 670.
2: Okay. Well, <laughs> oh, almost 10x.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: no. um, right.
1: What's your favorite food item? Ooh, let's see. So my favorite food is uh, my mother's brisket.
3: Okay. Um, All right.
1: She makes it once a year. Um, it is um it's different, like Jewish brisket is different from like southern food mm-hmm. brisket, right? Okay. There's probably gonna be some southern people who are like, don't ever do that accent ever again. <laughs> <laughs> but uh the way that she makes it uh, without giving away the secret family recipe, um, <laughs> is uh, there is like brown sugar and apricot preserves, and so you get like the tenderness of the meat, and uh, you get the sweetness of the apricot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it's absolutely fantastic. Um, and and now she's probably going to find this uh, this episode and uh, call me and be <laughs> like, "How come you you aren't visiting soon?" Um, but <laughs> Um, I, I think in general, um, uh, probably a tie between a really, really good burger and Berlin style donor kebab. Hell oh, yeah,
0: that's a great answer. Thank you.
1: I <laughs> love Ber- there's something, it's like, so good. I don't know, I like,
0: yeah, they I have, have like, like Berlin
1: style donor kebab. Yeah place a chain in new york and really they, like normally you should pay like what eight euros for it tops it's mm-hmm. like 16 bucks here yeah. they have club mate <laughs> for like eight bucks which should be like a euro or two yeah. right yeah. um but, but something about that is just so magical i 100 percent agree it's one of the
2: number one foods that i miss because i'm Born in Berlin. So yeah. this is the number one food I miss anywhere we move, They always have some form of kibbutz, but it's never yeah. even
1: remotely close not to Berlin-style You know, I don't know what the difference is and, like, why they – like, it's very similar to other street foods, mm-hmm. but it's just not the same, you know? <laughs> um, and yeah. then burgers, uh, I sort of have this thing where I always try and find the best burger in, uh, in a given city, and, mm-hmm. like, I will spend – Unreasonable amounts of money for a burger. I think the most money I've spent on a burger is like 60 bucks. Not worth it. Um, absolutely not worth it. Um, but there are several Michelin star restaurants in New York that have burgers around like okay. 30 bucks. Okay. Some of them are worth it. There is oh, a there's really? a restaurant called Raul's in Soho that is like a steak au poivre in burger form. Um, and they have 12 a day. Um, and oh, wow. they only serve it at the bar and you basically have to get there at 5 p.m. when they open (laughs) to get the damn thing and it is worth it and there's always a crowd Um, oh man i I took a friend who's a chef um like a very very Mm -hmm. like Mm
3: -hmm.
1: well accomplished chef and he bit into it and like the look on his face was like unbelievable (laughs) yeah
0: Oh man. Yeah, we got to we got to send you a message when we if we visit New York to get the Absolutely. Uh, recommendations. We're also oh, like yeah. in a hunt for good burgers wherever we go. Yeah.
2: And now I really want to go to that kebab place because uh, you know, that is that is hard yeah. to come by in North America. Yeah. 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 Um, that said, if anyone ever happens to be in Berlin, my favorite kebab place is called Kebab UP, K <laughs> E B U P. It's uh downtown Berlin. It's it's amazing. And it's uh, so I think it's four yeah. bucks. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy how cheap uh, street food is in in Berlin.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, last question, um, which isn't really a question. What are your two truths and a lie, in no particular okay. order, and don't reveal two them. truths
1: and a lie. I I I made sure to to uh, to write them down beforehand. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I inherited the world's largest collection of reflex hammers. Like reflex hammers, like what you oh, yeah. what like uh, you like hit your knee with, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh-huh. I inherited the world's largest collection of reflex hammers. <laughs> okay. Um, I I once had lunch with former UK Speaker of the House John Burko. <laughs> okay. You know, you know the guy's like, oh
3: yeah oh da. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, da! Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, it was like a lunch just me and him, and then um, oh. Um, I am a uh, a registered airman with the United States FAA, the the Federal Aviation yeah. Administration. Mm-hmm. Um, I I am registered as an airman, despite never having flown a plane.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Those are all great. I have um, really absolutely
1: no idea. <laughs>
0: They're all very specific. I'm like, oh, he wouldn't make that up. But it's like all of them sound plausible. are three of them. <laughs> right. Awesome. Hey, you, you give me the prep
1: doc, and yeah, I'm that's like, great. oh yeah, I'm gonna come up with good stuff. <laughs> also, there was uh, there was like a CFP for another conference that I put uh, these two truths and a lie in. So so I, I stole them, but I made <laughs> awesome. sure to have backstory on all of them. Yeah, that's awesome. That's
0: awesome. Um, where can people find you online?
1: Oh man! Uh, like as a dev, the basically the only thing that I'm on is Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I'm at ZH Brass for uh, on Twitter. I'm not on Mastodon yet. Um, I was really really busy when like Twitter went up <laughs> in flames, and now mm-hmm. like Twitter is only about the death of Twitter. Um, <laughs> but like yep. I I've cultivated a, a, a like a Twitter feed. That's Mm -hmm. basically iOS development, and that's it. (laughs) So I've managed to be one of the only people uh, in my (laughs) friend group with a healthy Twitter feed. Uh, But, yeah, Uh, Yeah. at ZH Brass. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And Deep Dish Swift.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's coming up so soon. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing you at the conference. and I think now when we record, it's it's just over a week, so it'll be very soon.
1: Great. Oh my god, it's just over a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am instantly in order of magnitude more nervous about my talk. <laughs> Me too. Thanks, uh, Marlon. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> right. Oh um, yeah, and yours is yours is like two days earlier day. than mine. Yeah right? Yeah. yeah. Both of yours. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, we're speaking together. Uh, mm. I think it will be good, though. I'd like to have it over with as soon as I can, and then I can enjoy the rest of the conference. Otherwise, I know myself. I would just be like, "Oh yeah. man, this person did this amazing thing in their, in their presentation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to update mine. Uh, oh, yeah. And I have no chance to do that. All right. Uh, thanks, Zach, for joining us. And looking forward to seeing you in person. And thanks to everyone else who ha- thanks. Thanks to everyone for listening to the episode. Um, Deep Schwuester has me is happening very soon in Chicago from April 30th to May 2nd. And thanks for listening. Bye, everyone.
1: I, I'm just hoping someone will come up to me and just start cracking puns, and I'll be like, "Oh, it's on now." I was gonna go to my room, but it's on now.